Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out podcast, a show where we drink beer and talk about it. A very special episode. This is light episode. I'm Keith, here with Pale. Pale, hi. <laughs> Glad to be here. Oh, this is exciting. So we got a special light episode for you today. We'll be talking about Legion, the TV show, which was just recently concluded on FX, right? FX. On FX, on cable television. Um, awesome show. First of all, a little bit about Legion. So Legion is an American TV series that was created for FX by Noah Howley. Is that how we say his name? Holly. Holly. Yeah. Holly. Holly. He also apparently created Bones in Fargo. It is Legion is based on the Marvel Comics character David Holler, a.k.a. Legion. It is connected to the X-Men film series. Legion's first appearance in the Marvel Comics was The New Mutants, number 25, from March 1985. It was created by Chris Claremont and Bill Sinkevich. Legion is the son of Charles Xavier. Some of his abilities include to absorb a person's psyche into his as an alternate personality and manifest their superhuman abilities when they are dominant, including, but not limited to, telepathy, telekinesis, pyrokinesis, time travel, and reality warping. So it sounds like he's got quite a few abilities here. Yeah, um, in the show they mention a few times that he could be the most powerful mutant in the X-Men universe. Oh, wow. Even more powerful than Charles? Yes. If wow. he can get a hold of his abilities, he is, like, the most powerful. Just, Dang. yeah. Which I guess makes sense from the show, considering that's, like, the government and everybody who's after him. Yes. I'm trying to figure this out. You kind of um, see different sides of the uh, group wanting him because they know what he's capable of doing. True. Um, we before we go any further, we might want to say there could be some spoiler alerts. So if you haven't seen some of this show before, that um, just as a heads up, you may we may spill a few things. So. Something's probably going to come out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Feeling. Yeah. So anyway, beyond spoiler alert, here we go. Paul, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the characters that we got. All right. Well, there's several good characters in this uh, show. I would like to mention. We have David Haller, who is played by Dan Stevens. Mm-hmm. He is the main character. He is the mutant son of Charles Xavier. Haller was diagnosed with schizophrenia at a young age and meets the girl of his dreams in a psychiatric hospital. The character possesses various psychic abilities, including telepathy and telekinesis. Stevens joined the series because of showrunner Noah Hawley's involvement and did extensive research on mental health to prepare for the role, talking to both mental, mentally ill persons and doctors. Holly and the cast kept secrets from Stevens about the character and plot so that he could identify what Holler's confusion about himself and reality. Um, we also have Sidney Barrett, who is um, David's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She I like is, her. Yeah, I like her a lot, too. <laughs> She's uh, awesome. Yeah. She's played by Rachel Keller. Uh, she's a young woman who becomes Holler's girlfriend. Sid's mind trades places with that of anyone she touches, mm-hmm. with, hers in, with hers entering their body and vice versa. We see that in the show, which is really she, uh, interesting. She reminds me of, isn't that Rogue? Whoever Rogue, she touches, yeah. she kills. Mm-hmm. But in this case, Sydney, whenever she touches someone, she becomes them. They like trade places. They for... do like a uh, Freaky Friday like yeah. situation, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that Freaky Friday. That's movie. true. Yep. yep. And they just the bodies stay the same, but like mentally 
and like uh, the mind and everything just kind of flips. Yeah, that's weird. Really weird. Yeah. Um, because of her abilities, the character is portrayed as withdrawn, the opposite of Keller's breakout performance in the second season of Holly's Fargo. She is named after Roger Sid Barrett of the rock band Pink Floyd, hmm. whose music was an important influence on the series for Holly. Wow. So you'll notice that as we go on, there's quite a few influences from Pink Floyd, which I guess their music is weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. Teamed up with this show. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, we have Lenny Busker. Oh, Lenny. Oh, Lenny, who is um, David's best friend, basically. Mm-hmm. She's played by Aubrey Plaza. Holler's friend and possible optimist. Despite a history of drug and alcohol abuse, the character dies in the first episode. Spoiler. <coughs> Sorry. But returns as one form of the powerful mutant Amal Farouk, Shadow King. The Shadow King. We see, I think that happens about episode six or seven, mm-hmm. I believe. Who appears in Holler's mind using several forms in addition to Busker. Busker was originally written for a middle-aged man. I don't know if really? you knew that. Yeah. Interesting. So the, what's with the stretch? Um, she thought she was um, doing the part of Sydney. Okay. And she didn't realize there was already it's already been casted for Sydney. So Noah Hawley said, "Okay, well you can be Lester or um, yeah, Lenny. Sorry, Lenny, Lenny. <laughs> not Lester." <laughs> Who is this Lester? <laughs> so, um, they, last second, they just changed it. Oh. Weird. I don't think they did any rewrites. Oh. Any, yeah, they just... Well, they made a good choice with that, because Aubrey, she did an amazing job yeah, with I, this role. I can't imagine, like, a middle-aged man Mm-mm. being, like, best friends with David. Like, no, just, not at all. The dynamic would just be, like, way different. And Very different. Weird. Yeah, she did an awesome job. Yeah. However, Plaza insisted that the character's dialogue not be changed for her, instead choosing to play the character as both male and female, which I can kind of see that too. She portrays kind of male qualities a little bit. The way they have her in the The show, yeah. The way she acts, like her Um, demeanor or something. Her demeanor and everything, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This led to Busker making crass remarks about women and muttering vintage phrases. Um, we also have Carrie Louder Milk, who is the uh, mutant scientist. Okay. Um, he w- we saw him in episode two. Mm-hmm. He was doing running tests, and uh, David was in that bed um, doing tests on his brain, and he had uh, made a comment to David, and which was really odd, and David was like, "Oh, well, thank you." <laughs> I, like, I don't know if that was a compliment, but <laughs> he took it as a compliment. And he's got, like, weird split personality. He's, like, two people in one, right? Right. He... So we'll just jump right into the next character. Him, Carrie, is male. And then there's a Carrie female, who is supposedly his daughter. They are one and the same person. Yeah. But they kind of can operate in two different bodies. But in the... They can split, but they can come back together. And when they yes. come back together, it's like they heal and with each other. And they're one, but when they're split, they're only split for a certain amount of time. 
it's kind of like split personality because she's like the kick-ass, I'm going to, you know, fight, I want to fight and destroy something. Mm-hmm. And he's more the, no, the the pacifist, you know, I'm not going to fight, I'm going to be peaceful and nerdy yeah. scientist type guy. So She's the fighter, he's the lover, yeah. basically, which it works really well. It worked well. I mean, it, yeah. they were great together, The the these two actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Patonomy Wallace, played by Jeremy Harris. He was the the black gentleman. Oh yes, that, uh, yeah. Who he, could enter other people's dreams? Um, I or think minds, memories. Or like memories. That's right. He was the memory specialist. Memory guy. Um, we see him in episode two. Kind of him and Melanie were going into David's memories, mm-hmm. um, just trying to figure out his past, his childhood. Uh, we see David's kind of um, kind of holding back some of his memories. Mm-hmm. There's something he's hiding. There is, you, and he yeah. struggles to find it, which is where we get a first glimpse, I think, of um, David's power. That we see him, because um, this guy's like, I, I sh- we should be able to access this. I, I can't get through. I don't know what's going on. It shows us how strong David really is, that he yes. has control over this guy in his own psyche, and it's just like, nah. It's like it's mind-blowing. Mind, yeah, mind-blowing is a good <laughs> word for it. It's, it's just surreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit about Patonomy. He's a formal ch- former child prodigy, one of Bird's specialists. A memory artist, Patonomy, remembers everything and has the ability to take people back in their own memories. Which really is a that's a really fascinating power. It is, and it it's like he has his own memory. I think he keeps going back to, if I remember correctly, like his mom, like before she passes away. Spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> um, and just like relives those happy times over and over again. That's like mm-hmm. his safe zone. But it's nice that he branches out and helps other people too. That he can help them relive their past memories. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So we just met, we mentioned Carrie Loudermilk, the female Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a savant who lives inside Carrie's body. Their mutant power allows them to coexist in one body or to become become separate physical persons. Carrie only ages when she is outside Carrie, leaving her physically much younger than he is. Mm-hmm. We also have Amy Haller, who is David's sister, sister. older sister. Played by Katie Aislinton, David's older sister, who tries to remain positive despite his history of mental illness. Holly said that she defined herself as normal against her brother. She finds herself being looked at as if she might be crazy as well. Because mm-hmm. she's trying to figure all this stuff out too, just as much as David is. Yeah, and the whole story unfolds. So yeah, she's completely lost it. it. Doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much like uh, the viewers. Yeah, like we all were. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can relate. <laughs> and Melanie Bird, who played by Jean Smart. She's the um, psychiatrist, basically. Mm-hmm. Smart joined the series immediately when asked by Holly, despite knowing nothing about the show and its source material due to her previous Emmy-nominated work with him on the second season of Fargo. She knew nothing about the show. Wow. She's just like, yep. Sure, I'll do it. Yep, I'm jumping in. Let's do it. I really like her character because it's like she's the leader of these mutants. 
Um, I feel like this is before mutants are like really discovered. This is like back in the time we're trying to figure all this stuff out, and she like leads this band of mutants, not so much like a school, but it kind of is to a point where they're trying to find their powers and find things, and they're just trying to stay away from the government who are right. constantly hunting them down. Yeah. Um, let's jump right into the premise of the story. Uh, David Holler, our main character here, Legion, was diagnosed with schizophrenia at a young age and has been a patient in various psychiatric hospitals since. After Holler has an encounter with a fellow psychiatric patient, he is confronted with the possibility that there may be more to him than mental illness. And I believe that's right where the show begins, where he is meeting with all these different people and they're trying to understand him. Mm -hmm. And then we think, does this guy have just mental illness or is it something more? But of course, we all know because we know what the show is called. Um, so with that, Paul, tell us a little bit about the first couple episodes. So we see a young David growing up. He's... Um, doing child activities, prom, uh, like riding a bicycle, mm -hmm. hanging out with friends. Playing in the field with his sister, I believe. There's that big scene they keep Playing. going back to, like running in the field. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, obviously something is bothering him. Mm -hmm. He's getting, he's hearing a lot of voices. You, you see that a lot in a lot of the flashbacks, him hearing voices and not understanding what's going on. And um, So we see... That go through, and we see him sitting in a room with his older sister comes for his birthday. He, she brings him a, a cupcake with a candle on it. She tries to give him the cupcake. He goes, uh, you can't bring that in here. Because <laughs> it's, the, the candle is lit. Yep. You can't bring fire can't into bring a fire. mental hospital. <laughs> That's just, you know, you're just asking for a disaster. Um... We also see David meet Lenny and Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, he asks Sydney out on a date. There's just something fascinating about her. Yeah, he, we see he falls in love with her real quick. Yeah, he's just she's staring very, at her, watching her do everything. She's very quiet and reserved too. She's very so. quiet. Yeah, and it's funny when he asked her out, she said, "Okay." But don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so weird. I thought I'm that like, was so weird too. What? It's like what? That's very like specific, and she's very adamant. Like, don't touch me. Mm -hmm. Makes was, sense now. Yeah. So they go on a date. They get dinner, um, and then we see in the timeline we see them jump ahead. Mm -hmm. David is talking with that government official in that interrogation room. Yep. Um. To me, he looks like David Schwimmer. He does. Friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're right, he does. Yeah. Uh, didn't even think about that. Also, Sydney looks like a young Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Definitely. I thought that, definitely. Yeah. Yep. It's just so weird. But we know that they're not those people. <laughs> um, so he's in an interrogation room mm -hmm. with the government official. They're trying to ask him questions about his illness. Illness, yeah. as they dub it. Dub it, yeah. Trying to get information. They're obviously very interested in who he is. Um, he gets very frustrated. He's at the point um, where he's just done with it. He just, right. I think and, this government official, he's like trying to keep him calm because they know exactly um, that he has 
like this ability, this power, and he's very dangerous. And this guy is like there trying, hey, I'm your friend. Mm-hmm. Let, let's talk about it. Hey, stay calm. Um, because they know at any moment, because I think at one scene, like outside that interrogation room, they have like a whole freaking army. Like surrounding the place, yes. ready to blow it up and they ready to like pull setup. the trigger, yeah, um, ready to kill him in case he snaps and goes completely psycho. So they know his capabilities and what he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. David himself, he's completely in the dark. He has no idea. Yeah, which is really cool. Which I is think. really cool. He's, <laughs> it's very innocent because he has no idea what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And um, there was like a moment where he's like hulking out almost. Yeah, and you're like, oh shit, things are gonna get. Really crazy. It's like he picked up the pen or whatever on the desk or whatever it was. And like... He took, he, he used his mind, the pen, shot it right into the guy's face. Like right um, through his cheek or right, something. Yeah, right yeah. into his cheek. And um, basically flipped the entire table. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Uh-huh. uh-huh. It was like slow-mo. The table went. Everything else just like exploded in the room. Yes. Oh, it was awesome. It was a beautiful moment. Like It was <laughs> slow-mo, just flipping the table, everything flying. I loved it. Um, so after the interrogation scene. After the interrogation, we see Sydney leaving the hospital. Mm-hmm. And we see David running to say goodbye. And they they kiss. And at that moment... Well, he kisses her. She, he, she knows, don't she touch knows, me. She knows, don't touch me. <laughs> but he kisses her and basically they flip. Right they, there, they yeah. flip roles. Yep. And we see that later on in the show. Um, so David is inside of Sydney's body, goes out, and um, David, or Sydney is still in the hospital. She is, David's as David. And, as yeah. David. And she doesn't know how to control his power. And she snaps and goes psycho and just like freaking, like, I don't want to say kills everyone, but pretty much like. Kills a lot of people and yeah. closes off the doorway to all the patient rooms. And that's where Lenny passes away, right? Lenny, yep. That's where she like is like melded into you the wall. You see her on the wall just obliterated. It's just, oh, yeah. It's gross. Um, but it's like so bizarre because she is now David and can't control his power and just like lets it all loose and it just messes up that whole hospital. Yeah. And it's... I remember when I first saw it, I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, why would he? Why can't he control either. this? What's happening? Yeah. And then you see it as the story progresses mm-hmm. a little bit later. Yeah. So we see a moment where David visits his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see Lenny come as like, um, not herself, but as like kind of a, I don't know, a vision or a, I don't know how you want to put it. Um, like a self-conscious... A self-conscious thing that thing. no one else can see, but only David can, because she's it's, in his mind. Yeah. Like, his psyche is, like, talking to him. Mm. Yeah, he's self-projecting that so he can talk to her. Mm. Um, exactly. And she's like, you killed me, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> letting him know, like, you fucking killed me. Like, you, you messed up. You also see, later on, Sydney is actually... She's with Melanie's people, I believe. Melanie Birds. Yes, she was undercover people. this entire She's time. Undercover. Yeah. I think that's why she was in the hospital mm-hmm. to begin with. To get him. Mm-hmm. Because we see a moment also where the government official, his name's Clark. We figure that out later Clark, on. Clark. Yeah. Clark. 
You see Clark come out of the car with Melanie mm-hmm. and uh, Patonomy. And um, it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, I was, my first watching it, I was just, I wasn't putting everything together. I was pretty right. lost. <laughs> so they capture David, and there's a moment also where we see a flashback of um, David. He's running from those, from Patonomy and the, the Carrie girl. Mm-hmm. And there, and it was actually a memory of him walking up to the hospital yep. in the beginning. And Sydney's there as just in his head, and she's like letting him know, "Hey, we're gonna come for you. You need to slide into in the, the chair into yeah. the pool." And um, so we see that happen. He starts to kind of lean forward in his chair, and he's like looking around, and he slides into the water, and you see all the guns going off, just like this huge explosion and fire. He, yeah, and you see like all this fire, and then you see like. Chris bodies that uh, yeah. are burnt, like falling into the pool. It's great when he gets out of the pool. Then it's like she's there, and you look around, and all these like torched, crispy bodies and skeletons. Just like what the hell? Happened? What the hell happened? <laughs> and it's her with a bunch of other mutants there. And what, Melanie was there at the time, right? Or no, she stayed it, behind. I think it was just the behind. crew. Okay. It was just the crew. Um, so it was just the crew of all these superhuman. X-Men people mm-hmm. um, that were coming in and using their powers and they escape from there. You've got this guy who can like control objects, I think. It's like he grabs like these soldiers and just like you, Yeah, he's them. just flinging them, throwing them. Oh, that was so that cool. That was sweet. I don't know who else was there. Him, I know Patonomy was there, but he was just kind of making sure Yeah, David he, he just had a gun. Safe. He was just shooting. Yeah, yeah um, the girl Carrie was with him, mm-hmm. just kind of making sure David's so fine. Yeah. Um, and then Sydney was also there. Yeah, that's right. As well. All right, so they get back, and this is where he meets Melanie, right? Melanie. And they're on, they come off a boat, don't they? I think I so. Think? Yeah, they were they were on shore somewhere. I think they had a boat come get get David. Mm-hmm. She had mumbled something to him, like letting him know, like, you're safe. You're going to come with us. You'll be fine with us. And then that ends the episode one. Um, episode one, they're also... You see the the fat dude? Yes. The, so a we couple get, times? We get hints at the fat dude, a.k.a. bad guy, in this whole thing. I remember the first time I saw him, like, what the hell was that? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like little glimpses that you get here and there, but it's like this creepy-looking fat dude with, like, four chins, mm-hmm. yellow eyes, and it's just like he blinks every so often, just appears in David's psyche and all his memories, um, so it's like, okay, this must be something big here. Yeah. So initially, they called him the yellow-eyed demon, mm-hmm. and I thought I was thinking about it. I thought maybe he was a metaphor for maybe. That's some, what I thought too. So maybe that he was taking like, the place of someone else, but yeah. But it's we not. <laughs> nothing in this show is explained no. like very well. You, you won't get it till <laughs> the last few episodes. It's like, oh, okay, everything makes sense. Yeah. So we jump into episode two. Melanie, David, and the others go through David's memories. Mm-hmm. They're kind of looking back at his childhood, um, wanting to learn about him kind of, and stuff. Um, we also see the angry boy. The angry boy. The story the, that the his story dad that read him. His, yeah, the world's angriest boy is what mm-hmm. the, the book was called, I believe. Um, there's a little, I don't know, passage in there, whatever that was odd it's kind of freaky it's, yeah they don't it was very freaky shouldn't have been a child's book <laughs> no not at all 
It's like the child hated everyone. The child hated everyone. <laughs> Everybody will, will die. Um, we see more flashbacks with Lenny, Sid, Amy, David. That's basically what the whole episode was. Yeah, just a bunch flashbacks. of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, David does tests with Carrie Loudermilk, the the mutant um, scientist. Yep, that's where we first learn about him and how he looks like he's talking to himself. Yeah. Like this guy's like unstable. He's talking to himself, and I'm like, wait, there's some girl there. We sometimes and sometimes she's not. Yep. So that's where we get the first indication that with his split person, mm-hmm. Melanie, David, Patonomy go through more memories. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember from episode two mostly is a lot of memories and a lot of learning. And David's learning too that it's not schizophrenia that he has. Right. That you have been lied to. You yes. have something more. So this is where you have power. You're a mutant, if you will. Yes. You're special. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's learn why you are special. Let's go back and try to figure all that out. Yeah. And I think that's where the quote-unquote schizophrenia comes from is Mm -hmm. he's a mutant and he doesn't know how to control these powers. Right. And it's he makes him feel like he's uh, mentally ill and everybody else thinks he's mentally ill, but we learn that's not the case. Nope. So we jump into episode three. More memories. More memories. remember. Yes. (laughs) David. Same memories over and over again. Yeah. Um, David go through. David goes through danger. This is the episode that was like super psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just the whole episode was focused on David's just uh, psychological behavior and more memories, just more things that he's scared of. Yep. There was a lot of uh, visually and special effecty stuff going on to kind of make you feel like. At one point, I thought it was on LSD. Like, <laughs> watching this episode. <laughs> I was like, what is going what on? What is happening, man? I'm like, I'm not really making anything out with this. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and enjoy for what it is. Also, Amy is kidnapped and interrogated in Division 3. Yep. Which is what they call the government division. Yeah, the government building. Yeah, building, building they are, and, yeah. They capture her, interrogate her. They want to know. They want her information. They want to know what she knows. Because they need David. to find David. They it's need like to find you, David. Yeah. You must know something. You're his sister, but she really doesn't know a thing. Right. But David can sense her being tortured. So this is where he first is the first indication where he's like, I need to go save her. Hurry up and figure out my powers type thing. I want to. My mission is to go save my sister. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done with your therapy here, whatever this is called. Yeah. And he wants to go save her. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for episode three. It's basically what it was. Episode four, we meet Oliver. Oh, he open, yes. He, he opens up the episode. It. He's in that frozen room. like mm-hmm. With a little under the sea. Under like, the sea. Um, that scuba Scuba, gear. thank you. Yeah. Some type of scuba stuff scuba that he's Steve. in. Scuba Steve. Scuba <laughs> Steve. He's got a little, like, whiskey glass, just a, mm-hmm. it's a hard ice cube. He started out the episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did. Because I remember when that started, I'm like, who the hell's this guy? <laughs> so I was like, who the hell? A new character? <laughs> what is going on? And then by the end of it, it's like, oh. Yeah, it's like, okay. This makes sense now. But of course, he's played by Jermaine. Clement and oh, 
I just love him from Flight of the Concords, so I was super excited to find he was in this show. Yeah. And he does an amazing job in this. Yeah, I end up really liking him a lot. So David goes too far in his dreams and reaches the astral plane, which mm-hmm. is what they call it. It's, to me, it seems like a, a happy place. Mm-hmm. It's the place um, in your mind. Um, so basically all these psychological mutants, they can get there. Like Xavier's been there before and a lot of other people too, that when they project their mind, they're somewhere else. They're in this like astral plane. They're out there in this yes. other dimension type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but other psychics can like, they can communicate and still contact you through that yeah. astral plane. Yeah. It's like another dimension or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, a lot of the fears are, are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, you create it. It's your mind. You it's basically it, yeah. what you're in. Um, there was, I think, a moment David was able to touch Sydney. Yeah, and he found that out, and there was a, <clears throat> some love-making scenes. <laughs> um, yes. So they learned how they can be together uh-huh. without actually touching, because they can touch in the astral plane, because they're technically not touching. Yeah. But it feels like they're touching. Yes. So. And after that, I get, lo- I get lost. So we're going to have to kind of go off a of memory... This is, yeah, so he he meets Oliver, and Oliver helps him try to figure out you can control this. This is a safe zone where he's at, that he learned how to, you know, block out this monster. That's where yes. we learn kind of where Lenny, spoiler alert, Lenny is more of a, um, is they, the bad guy. They call it a parasite. To, a parasite. Yeah. Um, so he learns from Oliver, like, to go into his own mind, um... And then he helps himself, like, try to figure out what is, what, what's really wrong with me. Yes. Um, and try to identify that Lenny is the, the bad person. Yeah. And when, I think when he tries to confront Lenny, then Lenny puts him in, this parasite, puts him in, like, his own coffin with, deep within his own psyche. And he has to figure a way out. He is more powerful than this monster, obviously. Mm-hmm. But he's got to convince himself to find a way out. So he... Puts like different ten projections of himself or whatever it is, yeah. And he's like arguing with himself back and forth, and where he learns his history, and that's where we get the first glimpse of Xavier, Charles Xavier, that he is his dad. Where he like shows up on the chalkboard, remember? Yeah, it's like yeah, this yeah, monster yeah. came. He originally fought with Charles. Charles defeated him. We thought defeated him, but then ended up in his child, and Charles didn't know that, um, and so he's. This parasite has been with David like since birth, um, almost well since childhood, and he's just grown up with him and has created all these false memories. That's where we learn about that kid from the book that the monster has always been that kid from the book, all those scary memories, the dog from his like really early childhood memories, and it's just where it all comes, and it's where him trying to figure this out, figure out his past, and to gain control of his powers and try to take over this monster once and for all. Yep. So it's just, oh, it's awesome. Because he eventually pulls in, like everyone else, all the other characters, he pulls into this astro plane while they're trying to fight this monster, trying to fight Lenny. And it's just, I don't know, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's so deep. It's almost like Inception, a dream within a dream. That's what, yeah, Inception, it's... You, it's like hard to figure out what's reality mm-hmm. and what's like make believe. Yep. And it's, I don't know. It's just. But it's a fun ride. It's, it's a fun. Yeah. It's, it's it's great to go through it. It's like one of those shows you can't overthink it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like get lost and <laughs> you're gonna get frustrated and you're like, you're, just things aren't gonna make sense yeah. to you. But 
just for what it is, it's I enjoy the heck out of it. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. Because they just left you hanging each episode. It's like, okay, how is he going to figure this out? Is he going to get control of his powers? You know, what's going to happen next? Right. And we learn the um, yellow-eyed demon is Mm -hmm. the Shadow King. Shadow King. Shadow King. Yeah. um, And um, it was weird. There was a moment where, like, the Shadow King and David had kind of become into the same, like, mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... He was just like disintegrating guards yeah. in this hallway, mm-hmm. and it was freaky. Like true power, true what David power. can do. Yeah. We, I think at that moment I was realized what David could do, yeah, and why he's so dangerous. And it was just it was unreal. But um, they figure it all out and attempt to expel the monster, and goes from there without yeah. too many more spoilers. Just watch it, and figure it out. Yeah, but. It's amazing. That's a great show. Which leads us into visuals and special effects. I think that's what makes the show, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just all those scenes, like that opening scene with the table moving, the disintegration, the just in the psyche, and when you're in the astro plane and how they're frozen in time, like in reality, but they're still in the astro plane and they're you know trying to move those bullets. And it's just, the visual effects is just it's mind-boggling. Like, it's yeah. awesome. All the, the slow motion like really worked really well for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, that moment earlier in the um, show when he's in the kitchen and he's got his oh head, the kitchen scene yeah hands up to his head yeah and everything and just like, like everything comes out come of the cupboards out, yeah. and drawers and knives flying oh it's amazing yeah um so there was a little excerpt or whatever you want to call it in the Wikipedia they wanted mm-hmm. to read. It says, though he put little thought into the aesthetics of the series when writing the pilot, as a director, Holly wanted the series to be highly stylized, describing his vision for it as a 1964 Terrence Stamp movie. It was not feasible to literally translate Bill Sienkiewicz, Sienkiewicz's iconic artwork of the character to, be, to the screen, and Holly wanted the series to have its own visual aesthetic to it, and part of that is being a story kind of out of time and out of place. That's true. <laughs> he stated that the design of a show has to have its own internal logic and compared this sensibility to the series Hannibal, which he mm. said was a great example of something that had this almost fetishistic beauty to everything that you saw, whether it was food or violence. Holly elaborated that the design choice of 60s British films came about because this whole show is not the world, it's David's experience of the world. Mm-hmm. He's placing, he's piecing his world together from nostalgia and memory, and the world becomes that. That's true. So it's all from his perspective, which is why we're so clueless, because we're in the shoes of David yeah. throughout this whole show. We really are. And we're trying to understand things as he is, as there he goes along. There was never a moment where we were like outside of his... I think thought. I think we knew about Lenny being the bad guy before he did. So that's I think like the only clue that they kind of gave, and it's him trying to figure out how to defeat her. Yeah, the monster, the man, yeah, the monster, man, monster, <laughs> fathead, scary yellow eye demon, fathead. <laughs> so let's jump into the cinematography. Kind of goes hand in hand with the visuals. I, oh, I think. absolutely. Um, again, we see a lot of um, close up and kind of. Really, there was times I felt like they just slapped a GoPro 
on David. Yeah, that's true. It's all from his perspective. <laughs> yeah. That's true. They really focused on you feeling his experiences mm-hmm. in this show. And the actor, he did a great job. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was amazing in this. He was. As we can see with just the visual clues on his face about how he was trying to understand things and yeah. his confused looks versus happy looks. And uh, he did a great job. He really did. Yeah. So I really liked the cinematography. Um, that was done by Dana, Dana Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. I don't know her personally. Nope. Of course. I don't know anything she's I don't know done. Any of these people personally. <laughs> <laughs> nope. We don't know these people personally. She may be Canadian since it was filmed in Vancouver. Yeah. Filmed in Vancouver. Um, music was by Jeff Russo, inspired by Pink Floyd's The Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, hence your psychedelic episode three. So, yeah. <laughs> God, that episode was crazy. I've not listened to much Pink Floyd. No. It's been a so, while. Yeah. Um, I can't really relate to that or comment on that. What's Drugs. That? That's about it. Drugs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are... You, you get high and you listen to you that. You get high and yeah. you listen to Pink Floyd and... Everything makes sense. <laughs> Were they the ones that did Stairway to Heaven? Or No. I'm no, that was Led Zeppelin. That was Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that was another yeah. uh, drug-induced uh, song. No, uh, the 70s. <laughs> so, the reviews and overall reception of the show... Besides our own. Besides our own, was really good. Yeah. Um, it was great. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's pretty high. Yeah, for the entire series. What they said about the show on Rotten Tomatoes... It was bold, intelligent, and visually arresting. Legion is a masterfully surreal and brilliant, daring departure from tra- traditional superhero conceits. Yes. Yeah. I felt like this entire first season was like the origin story. We got to know who David is, the background, and everything else. I'm excited to see what they're going to do next with it. Yeah. See what's going to happen. But What was cool, though, is they didn't focus too much on his childhood. True. Um... Just but they saw, memories. yeah, solic memories, and we saw adult or actually he might be like a teenager, like a an older teenager, maybe eighteen, nineteen, in the show. For some from, of those flashbacks, or just from like when we see him in the hospital, which I might have heard he. Would... No, he's in his thirties. He's like late twenties, thirties. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, the okay. entire time. I'm way off. <laughs> yeah. No, um, he's that same age the entire time. Okay, but. Um, I do like that they did that. They kind yeah. of started it there. We didn't get um, a lot of like him in his childhood, which I think we can kind of put it together ourselves, like what his childhood was like. Um, There's probably a lot of confusion and frustration yeah. hearing the voices. So we're going to jump into other thoughts and opinions. Sure. I have a couple of questions, and uh, you'll, I'll get your answer, then I'll answer it, and we'll sure. go from there. Sounds good. Um, first question I got is who was your favorite or what was your favorite moment from the show? Uh, the moments where we got to see David use his full power. Yes. And those were like the creepiest, scariest moments. Like, whoa, this guy's a lot more powerful than we thought. Like yeah. when you said the whole melting of the guards and just like melting people into the wall and uh, just, it's amazing what he's capable of doing. Yeah. Like I mentioned when he was, when he and that, um, Shadow or the Shadow King mm-hmm. kind of come together and he just disintegrated those people. Like, that was insane. There's, there's also a moment they were, um, I think it was episode four, maybe they were outside of the Division Three building. Oh, yeah, with all the guards, with all the guards, and you mm-hmm. see them like their legs sticking out of the ground. <sighs> That's just like, well, 
<laughs> yeah, and that just gives you an idea of how freaking powerful he is. You can melt the freaking ground and stick people in it. Alter reality with your mind. It's just like... He just like looks at them or points at them and just... Ugh. Power. Just smushes them. Yeah. Um, who was your favorite character and why? Ooh, I think I already said that. Oliver is my favorite. Oliver? Because of Jermaine. Yeah. Um, just the way he was introduced and how he kind of has power. I want to call him... He's like a mini David. It's like he has control of the astro plane, like he understands it, um, and he really helped David develop that, but um, not quite as powerful, right. obviously, as David, but yeah. he was like the first one to like to discover this astro plane, because mm. he discovered it, but he was stuck in there and he couldn't get out. Yeah. He didn't know how to get out, but he knew everything about the inside, he just didn't know an exit strategy yeah. until David came along to help him get yeah. out. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. I liked him a lot. Um, this one was really close for me. Um, but I think I, my favorite was Sydney. Mm-hmm. I think because, um, the effect she had on David just, it was, it was the only person or thing that was allowed him to focus onto yeah. like something and, um, kind of take his mind away from everything that's going around, like in his head. Um, he was just, that was like the one thing he was able to control is like, his affection for Sydney. That's true. Yeah. And I just, I really like that effect on her, or on the effect that she had on him. Um, I also really like Lenny. I thought um, Aubrey Plaza's acting was just oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. She's, I didn't realize she was such a good actress. Because mm-hmm. she's always, she'd come from uh, Parks and Recreation, and she's... We could see a little bit of the dark side in her, like in that Parks and Rec yeah, I mean, she wasn't a happy-go-lucky, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. young lady. She was very <laughs> straight to the point, <laughs> kind of Lenny-like, I think. Lenny, yeah, yeah. So it fit her character well. That's how she is in real life as well. I've yeah. seen some interviews from her, and yeah, yeah, she's much, very much like that. Uh, next question: If you could change one or two things about the show, what would it be? Man, I don't know. It was good. A little bit of that psychedelic stuff, I think, that you were talking about. It's just like yeah. a lot of the things here and there and kind of revisiting the same memories over and over again. I felt like there was a lot of redundant things that could have been done differently. That's my that's my one thing as well. Just the all the memories and the dreams and the make-believe stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe focus more on the story, trying to like move the story along, kind of come back to reality a little bit more often. Right. So we can kind of like like see where we're at in the True. story. It's, right. It was, you got so develop or so lost in the story because it's like, are we in a memory of a memory or what? What's happening dream here? Of dream? Yeah. Are we watching Inception now? Yeah. Like, what is, is going on? Is the top on? still spinning? <laughs> where is Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio at? <laughs> um, so that was one of mine. Also, I wanted to see more Oliver. I wanted to see more of his yes backstory. That's true. I wanted to know more about him. So, hoping season two can get more I, I think, yeah, I think we'll get a little bit more, especially how it ended, that we're definitely going to get more of him. Yeah, um, we are. Without saying too much, but yeah. I, we've already let most of the stuff out anyway, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get more of him. Um, describe the show in three words or less. Man, three words or less. Visually stunning epic. <laughs> Those are good. 
uh, yeah, it just the visuals in it, it was great. Um, I don't know, it's, it's just epic. It was this whole tale, and if I had a fourth word like cliffhanger each time, because as you're trying to find out the story as David is, it's just like this whole psychotic what is happening, trying to figure everything out. Yeah, it was pretty deep. I like that. Yeah, it was funny because like the show creator almost didn't want you to know like much of what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was like they were, they were kind of holding some back from you and um, kind of forcing you to come back and yep. figure out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> um, so the three words I would say would be creative. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. And psychedelic. Psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are good. Yeah. Last question. If you had David's powers, how would you use it, and would you be good or bad? Kill my enemies. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but to be the most powerful, man, I would screw around with the astral plane way too oh, much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd just like sit in the couch and go off in my own little world. Be like, screw this world, I'm going to make my own, and just kind of live in the astral plane. So I really wouldn't be good. I wouldn't be bad. I would just be a complete misuse of the power <laughs> for selfish reasons. You would just be worthless. I'd just be worthless. <laughs> just doing your own thing. I'd help people, but I'd have to find some me time. You would uh, shut off gravity and just float around. And just float around. <laughs> float around with a beer in your hand. And... Anybody that pisses me off just melt you into the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Keith. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well... First, I'd probably fuck with Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would probably frustrate the hell out of her for like a good week. Just moving shit around. Um, just rearrange the rearranging house. the whole house. I'd probably like flip the garage on the other side of the house. And I'd probably, um, I don't know, I'd add a bunch of shit in the yard. And, um, and then I'd probably have to come clean and tell her what's happening. And, it's really me. It's really me. I, I'll put it all. Sorry, back. honey. I'm sorry, honey. I'll put it all back the way it was. I was just having too much fun. But um, I would try to be a good person. I would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would try to um, try to help people uh, do their jobs better. Maybe um, just kind of make the world easier. I know it's probably a struggle for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Well, want to get in the beer? Uh, yeah, this is a beer podcast. This is a although beer. I think majority of this has been geeking out but definitely let's get into yeah, the let's, beer let's jump into the beer all right we have here for our beer for this we have the headhunter india pale ale from fatheads brewery they are from middleburg heights ohio which is right outside of cleveland and if we take a look at the bottle here i think you understand the reason why we chose this beer i know we can't see it but we'll put a picture up on our social media pages that the fathead here he looks exactly like the the Shadow King. The Shadow King. The yellow eye demon. demon. He's got, you know, the double chin going on. More than a double chin. Oh, jeez. He's, yeah. Triple chin. And got a nice pair of sunglasses on. Nice, nice mustache. And is that like a Native American painting on his face? Oh, yeah. On the bottle? Yeah, definitely. Because um, it's called Head Hunter. Head Hunter. So, like a native that would go and chop the heads off of someone yeah. type thing cannibalistic i believe is what they're going for here yeah i could see which that. is why we kind of chose this and 
Because it goes along with this demon. It go yeah. The Shadow King that he he's a parasite that gets into your head. He's hunting different psychic power like, right. heads, trying to take them over. We'll so. do a side by side of this fat head guy. Oh yeah, we got to put that up. There and too. the uh, demon in the show. Absolutely. Um, also, we see um, people with spears. Like kind of. Oh yeah, like, the spears in the back. In the background there. Yep. The natives hunting. The, na- the natives hunting. The blue and green with the yellow, my three favorite colors, so I yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I think all their beers, they have this little fat head guy, because the, the cap has the same logo. Yeah, he's the, I don't know, the mascot? The mascot, if you will. The brewery, I guess. Hmm. Well, a little bit about this beer. It says, uh, no other ingredient stirs the passion of a master brewer like the hop. Inspired by this legendary flower, we challenged ourselves to create a world-class IPA. Headhunter is an aggressively dry-hopped West Coast-style IPA with a huge hop display of pine, grapefruit, there you go, pale, yes. citrus, and pineapple. A punch-you-in-the-mouth brew for those who truly love their hops. Uncivilized? Yes. Aggressive? Absolutely. Award-winning? Hell yes. Speaking of award-winning... There's a quite a bit here. They've won a lot. Yeah. The Great American Beer Festival. They got a silver, silver medal in 2010. Bronze medal in 2011. Um, Brewing News and National IPA Challenge Champion in 2010 and 2012. The Bistro's West Coast IPA Gold Medal 2009 and Honorable Mention in 2010. Draft Magazine's Top 25 Beers in the World in 2009. Wow. Silver medal at the 2012 World Beer Cup in the American IPA category. And in 2014, they are the World Beer Cup Silver Medal winner. So, I'm pretty excited to try this beer. Yeah, Keith, you're spoiling me. If it's got all this good stuff, that was a good choice. Good choice, for sure. All right, alcohol content, we got 7.5 ABV. It's IBU 87, so pretty bitter. Beginning gravity, 17.0 Play-Doh. I don't know what all this means, but the ending gravity is a 3.4 Play-Doh. Yeah, we'll have to research that. I would like to know more about that. Color is a deep golden. Let's check. Yep, definitely a deep golden color. Yep. Uh, the yeast in it is American Ale, the malt, pale, and caramalt, C15, and carapils are the different types of malts. And the hops they use is Columbus, Simcoe, and Centennial. Like we said, dark, dark golden. golden. Pretty opaque, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, you can see through it. Yeah, I can see my Your light's not the greatest through. in here, but. Yeah, the lighting's not <laughs> the greatest at all. Uh, it's been poured for quite a while, but. When we poured it, it was maybe a two-inch head. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Ooh, good smell. Yeah, it's a nice uh, floral aroma with some mm-hmm. citrus notes. I will say it smells like all the other IPAs, I think, that we've Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's take a sip here. Yeah, that's oh. a, a lot of citrus in the taste. That is. Yeah. There's not that much IB. Well, I think IBU, the bitter. The bitter? No. It's For not, an 87? It's not that bitter. It's like that... The like that citrus notes that you get is a lot more powerful than the bitterness. Mm-hmm. It's not super malty. Um, only three malts. Only four three malts. Mal- four malts. Um, four malts. Three hops. I can taste the Columbus and the Centennial. I do. There's a nice balance of uh, citrus and floral. It's very good. It's smooth. It's very smooth. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that citrus flavor. There's kind of slides down their throat. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I kind of just 
It sits with you, I think. It sits with you, yeah. Hmm. It's good. It's a very clean beer. It is. In comparison to, like, the zombie dust and other things that we've had, that had more of a bitter aftertaste. Yeah. There's not that much of a bitter aftertaste because of the, as what was the description I read, the punch you in the mouth. Punch you in the mouth brew for those, for those who, who love, tru- truly love their hops. It's like you get the taste of those hops and the citrus and everything else, but not the bitterness of it, which is right. awesome. Yeah. Because I'm not a big IPA guy, but I love this. This is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of how smooth it is. Smooth. It holds up a lot of the flavor. Oh, yeah. For sure. Nice finish. Just kind of sticks with you, the citrus notes. That's excellent. If you told me this was 87 IBUs, I would be like, <laughs> it's the hell out of here. <laughs> this is maybe 30 IBUs. Yeah, I wonder their brew process and how they did that to like double up the flavor, but not the bitter, but still have it at an 87 IBU. Right. It's almost like they're masking it. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of secret. It's like, this. I can almost taste the bitter. It's there, but it's not like fully there. Right. Yeah. Just more flavors of whatever else they got going on in here. What if we let it sit on our tongue for a second? More flavor still, release. More, yeah. Still good. Still good, yeah. This is excellent. Hmm. I'm a big fan. Absolutely. I've seen this in the store for a while. And then when I travel through Ohio, I see it um, more so over there. Obviously, now that I know that they're from Cleveland, outside the Cleveland area. Mm-hmm. Um, but just slowly coming to the Fort Wayne area. Got it at the local Kroger. Yep. They had this and another one. Uh, they had a Session IPA that they had available. But those were the only two that they had. Okay. They have so many. If you look on their website, they have um, pretty much everything. They got their own browns. Browns. Red IPAs, I'm sure. They got everything. Ambers. Um, I've tried a blueberry from them. Oh, you have? That's yeah. right. They did have the blueberry out there. It was a 4th of July couple of years ago. That's a seasonal one. Yeah. Um, it was good. Good. It was better than the wild blue. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It doesn't take much to get better than wild blue. That's true. But. That was a long time ago was, I had that, but. Yeah. But their, their blueberry, Fathead's blueberry was pretty solid. Want to mention some of the reviews? Sure. Yeah. On this. Uh, if we looked up Beer Advocate. This may be the highest I think we've ever done. Oh, on beer for advocate. sure. Beer snobs, as Dustin would say. <laughs> 99 overall and 100 in style. And I remember looking this up. They are in the top 50 IPAs that have been rated on Beer Advocate. I think they're like, oddly enough, only 39. So really? we have 38 more IPAs to try oh. on this supposedly high rated list. But I know, yeah, this this is good. I feel special, like, getting a hold of this and trying this. This is, we're talking, like, nationwide or world, pretty much, like, worldwide. Whatever's been rated on Beer Advocate, apparently. So, whatever's on there, out of the, it's got the most ratings. Yeah. So, it's part of their top 50. Globally, that's got to be, like, pretty much everything. Yeah. Have you looked up, see what other people say? Uh, I'll take a look at Untapped. I have checked this in before. At uh, Brewhaven last year. Really? Yeah. Um, it was just a two-ounce tasting, but I gave it a four back then. 
Out of a day of heavy drinking. Out of a day of heavy remember. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to those tastings, you just it's hard to it's hard to really get a good gauge of um, what's good. I mean, you know, kind of what's good, but it's just hard to give it a rating. Yeah, definitely. When you're only getting two ounces, and it's like back to back to back different beers. I had three friends. Average out about four point five. Uh-huh. That's good. Out of seventy eight thousand ratings, um, it got a four out of five. Solid. This is all on untapped. Solid four, yeah. Anything good what people say? Um, not really. Just some of the simple things. Like, I could drink this all day. Great beer for the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, yeah. I suppose that's going on. Someone said, real good IPA. I agree. It's, it's a really good IPA. It's solid. Um, a lot of four and a halfs and fives. Quite a few fives I'm seeing. Don't really see anything too deep. Yeah, I will say I think if you're a non IPA fan, you'll like this. Yes, because I'm not a big IPA guy, but I like this. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not I IPA e right um, with that bitterness mm-hmm. definitely being masked. So yeah. Well, should we rate? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to rate. Feels weird without our colleagues <laughs> over here. Right, we're missing some input from them. Yeah, they're missing out. We <laughs> the two of us ranking this top IPA and come on, guys, we got a top fifty beer here in the none world. None for you. And none for you. Now I'll give them the other two bottles. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right, um, I give this a four point five. I'm gonna bump it up from my original score at Brewhaven. I thought this was really a fantastic beer. Um, had great balance. Great flavor. Um, it's not super hoppy, um, and I don't mind it at all because I'm getting a lot of the uh, citra and the floral hops um, kind of throughout the whole process of drinking it. Mm-hmm. And um, it has a really nice finish. It's a really clean beer. I'm really impressed by how clean it is. Yeah, it's very clean. Yeah. Um, so like. A lot of people said I can drink this all day. I, yeah, I would drink this on a deck next to a pool, out at the beach, wherever. It's real solid. On my couch. <clears throat> on my couch. In my I'd, bed. I'd drink it anywhere. I'd drink it in my car, too. Oh, well, well, <laughs> well don't drink and drive. I gave it a 4.25. I thought about 4.5, but I'm like, eh, I was a little bit torn. I could probably bump it up that much. Um, just excellent. Like I said, I'm not a big IPA fan to begin with, but the fact that the bitterness is held back, um, great flavor, great aroma, it's just all around, it's very well balanced. It's put together like I would enjoy an IPA. And Mm. like Pale said, we ain't drinking anywhere. So. Yeah. Excellent. This is an anywhere beer Mm -hmm. for me. All right. Final thoughts? Want to jump into those? Sure. Wrap it up. Yep. All right. So. Talk about Legion. Uh, we drank a uh, pale ale from Fatheads. IPA. Mm-hmm. IPA. Headhunter IPA. Excellent IPA. Excellent IPA, yes. Uh, definitely try it. It was well worth it. Um, Legion will be re- renewed for a season two. Ooh. Yep, will be aired I hope so. on FX in February of 2018. Oh, dang. That's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. I'm, real, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, there are going to be ten episodes Better than eight. Better than eight, yeah. Tomorrow. 
Um, let's hopefully they kind of add more story to it. I hope so. Kind of cut back a little bit on the psychedelic. Yeah. Well, probably stuff. now that he has found himself and can control his powers, I would think, yeah, more of the real world. Now, what do I yeah. do with them? Type yeah. thing. Yeah, I want to see more powers. Um, what do you want to see from season two? Since we're talking about it. Oh man, more of what he's going to do with his powers, basically. <laughs> what I just said. Yeah. Um, to see a little bit more of that. To see how um, what's going to end up with Oliver and that cliffhanger that they left us. Yeah. Um, and how's Melanie going to deal with all of this? She was kind of like losing herself knowing Oliver was alive in mm-hmm. this astral plane. And then found him and then when he found didn't him. really recognize and remember her and yeah. her whole... I wonder if they'll go into more of her story. I think they will. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing, I, when I was looking through the Wikipedia for getting information on the show, I came across something that Noah Hawley said. He hinted at Charles Xavier appearing in the series. Ooh. Whether that's true or not, it could happen because it's a shared universe between That's true. I mean, TV and the he kind of said it's a parallel universe, but I mean, he's still part of it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to tie it together, if they will. Are they yeah. going to get cast someone completely different for Charles? Will they get the guy from the new series? James McAvoy? Yeah, they're not going to get old fart Do you really Patrick. think Patrick Stewart would come do this no, little way, cameo? He and, would be way too old. That's too old at that time. Too, yeah. I think he, they'd probably try to old the new guy. Yeah, I think they would make try to, him look old. They would age James McAvoy. Thank you. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I could see that happening. I could also see um, lower name mutants coming into the show mm-hmm. um, that we have heard the name, but we don't really know a lot about them. Just to kind of keep it together, kind of keep that connection between the TV true universe and the movie universe since yeah. they're the same. Basically. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Um, There's a show coming in September, The Gifted. The Gifted on Fox. That's right. It's another mutant X-Men TV show. I don't think they're going to tie it in with this, are they? It's the same universe, I believe. Hmm. I wonder if there'll be a crossover. There's possible. They're kind of setting it up for crossover episodes. That'd be neat. Kind of what um, DC is doing over on the CW. Yeah. All those crossovers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that New Mutants movie coming. Oh, that's right. Um, Inhumans? No. No, this is a... That's something different. This is a standalone film called New Mutants. New Mutants? No, I, um, I, I think we've it. mentioned it before in episodes. I don't um, know. There's not much on it right now. I must have been drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all I got for final thoughts. What, yeah. Anything from... You? Great show. Legion's... Great. That's check great. it out. Definitely check it out. Um, or just listen to this podcast and, you know, you just know everything about the show and you don't have to watch it. I'm kidding. Watch <laughs> it. Watch it. It's amazing. Sorry for all the spoilers. But um, after you watch it, then come back and listen to us and hopefully it all makes sense. Yes. You can always send us your comments and what you think of the show and what you think of this beer, too. And with that, I think I'll tell you how to find us. Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and updates on DrinkInGeekOut.us. You can subscribe by clicking on the links on our website or by searching DrinkInGeekOut on iTunes or Google Play Store. 
to suggest a beer for us to review, you can email us at drinkingeekout at gmail.com or tweet us using the hashtag drinkingeekout. And if you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thanks for listening, and until next time, drink up and geek out. Mm-hmm.